There's one thing to be said for 2020. No one who lives through this year will ever forget it. Global pandemic, economic shutdown, urban unrest. Someone said recently that 2020 is like living through 1918, 1929, and 1968 all in the same year. So how can we as Christians respond to the circumstances in which we find ourselves in this year of our Lord 2020? Well, that's what we want to talk about in this new series of Groundwork programs, beginning right now. Welcome to Groundwork, where we dig into Scripture to lay the foundation for our lives. I'm Scott Jose. And I'm Dave Bast. And Scott, uh, today we're beginning a new series of Groundwork programs. The reason is we're taking a, a slightly different approach. We dig into Scripture. That's the purpose of Groundwork in order to lay the foundation for our lives. Uh, so we believe in Scripture. It's the Word of God in human words, and it provides a firm foundation. Uh, you recall Jesus saying in the parable that uh, the person who hears these words of mine and does them is like one who builds their house upon a rock. So that goes without saying. But it's also true that we need to explore Scripture in light of what's going on right now right. in our lives and yep. in the world. So this series, uh, we are going to dig into Scripture in every program, but it's a little more topical as we want to reflect on the things that we've been thinking about and dealing with through the pandemic, through the racial unrest that has uh, gripped particularly the United States in spring and early summer of 2020. So we're going to do uh, four programs. This one we're going to talk about something we've all been experiencing, lament, lamenting the times that we're in, lamenting the loss of life, lamenting the violence. In our second program, we're going to uh, think about providence. Where is God? Where was God in this pandemic? So we'll think about providence. In the third program, we've all been dealing with worship by remote, worship online, even sometimes the Lord's Supper online. So we'll want to think about worship. Uh, and what we've learned about worship and fellowship through our not being able to do it in the usual ways. And then finally, in the fourth program, particularly reflecting on some of the social inequities that were revealed by COVID-19, as well as by all the racial unrest, we'll think about the theme of justice. We want to begin with the question of how should we respond or how do we respond to everything that's been going on around us. And as you said, Scott, we want to start with the biblical category of lament. And we also do this recognizing that we're probably all in different circumstances. One of the really weird things about what we find ourselves in, especially with the pandemic, is that everybody in the world literally is facing the same issue. They're, they're facing the same crisis. It's the same disease, and it's now spread pretty much to every country on earth. But our experiences of it are so different. Some people have lost loved ones. Mm -hmm. Some people have been terribly ill. Other people don't know anyone who's been sick, right. and it seems unreal to them. Some people have been ruined economically, or they've lost their job or their business. Others are kind of cruising through. You know, they've got plenty. So that's one of the weird things. But the idea that, yeah, we're all in this together as of uh, this day of our recording, I uh, saw on the news this morning that uh, over 400,000 people have died worldwide. Um, so, And that number may actually be higher because a lot of poorer countries are really being devastated by this, uh, and they maybe aren't don't have the infrastructure to report their numbers. But we're all sort of been in it together. Uh, whether we have been deeply affected personally or not, we've all endured the lockdowns and the 
isolation and the loneliness. Uh, we've all seen events, graduations, weddings, anniversary trips. Funerals, fu- even funerals. Funerals. Uh, we haven't been able to hold anything normally. And so we, we think about you know that biblical injunction to rejoice with those who rejoice. But in this particular time, the second part of that verse, we weep with those who weep. And we lament, which as we have uh, talked about this before on Groundwork Day, but lament is a, uh, a very important category of prayer in Scripture. One-third of the Psalms, almost 50 out of the 150 Psalms in the Bible are Psalms of lament. And here's one of the uh, best. It's uh, one of the shortest, Psalm 13, but it's a great example of biblical lament. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. Maybe I'll stop right there. Uh, We'll get to the conclusion of the psalm a little bit later in the program. But how long? There's a question all of us have been asking, isn't it? Yeah, and interestingly, it's, uh, in this particular psalm lament, the question isn't why. Why am I suffering? Or you know, why does my enemy seem to be ha- get, gaining the upper hand? It's just how long are you going to let this go on? You know, April and May were very long months for a lot of us who were locked down. How long, Lord? And how long are you going to let this go on? Yeah. Can't there be a breakthrough? Can't you, you know, do something? But again, uh, this is an honest form of prayer. The, the biblical writers did not shy away from complaining to God. We often do. We think it's rude, or we don't think it's our place. We don't think it's a very pious thing to do, uh, to kind of yell at God and, you know, lament. We shy away. The Bible didn't. The, The key thing to recognize, I think, about lament is that it's an expression of grief. It's an expression of suffering. It's something that we're all called to do, no matter how we're feeling. We may be feeling quite jaunty, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is perhaps bad news for the praise band at church, but we're supposed to be lamenting regularly as part of our worship because that's what the Psalms do. And the reason is not just to express feelings, whether we're having them or not, or even if we empathize with those who are suffering, Mm -hmm. although that's part of it. But lament is, a, as Neil Plantinga, a person whom we quote often here on Groundwork, as he has pointed out, uh, it's an act of faith. It's a, an acknowledgment that this isn't right. This isn't the way things are supposed to be. So Walter Brueggemann calls the Friday voice of faith, sort of thinking about the Good Friday voice. There's the Easter voice, and that's important, but the Friday voice of faith is important as well. And indeed, Dave, uh, the the complaints and the laments we find in all the lament psalms, they do not stem from weak faith. They stem from robust faith, a faith that believes that, you know, the world is supposed to be different than it is. God's supposed to try to help make it different than it is. And so when God, in the view of the psalmist, when God seems to go off duty and terrible things start happening, we are right to lament in the sense of feeling bad, shedding empathetic tears for people who have lost loved ones to COVID or empathetic tears for black brothers and sisters who have you know witnessed these terrible police killings um, in, in 2020 and for many years. So it, it's right to be empathetic, but it's also right to lament in the sense of saying to God, now, 
when are you going to do something about this? Because we're hurting down here. Have you noticed? Have you noticed? So it's a very, very um, important part uh, of faith. And we want to explore that a little bit more. And we're going to dig into some more scripture to do just that. And we'll do that in a moment. What does it look like to honor and serve God in your marriage and family? Visit FamilyFire.com to discover how you can better live out your faith in the context of your relationships. At FamilyFire.com, you'll find articles and devotions curated to encourage you to stoke the Holy Spirit's flame in your home. You'll also find an online community that can help you explore what it means to follow the Holy Spirit's lead in your family as a spouse, parent, or even an in-law. Join the community and be encouraged at FamilyFire.com. You're listening to Groundwork, where we're digging into Scripture to lay the foundation for our lives. I'm Dave Bast. And I'm Scott Jose. And Scott, you were just saying that lament calls upon God to sort of recognize what's going on here and to do something about it. It's a call to action. It's not just an expression of sorrow or feelings of frustration, but it calls God to act. And that doesn't mean that we don't have to act. We're going to talk a lot about that, especially in the last program in the series about things that we need to do to respond. But it recognizes that unless God begins right. uh, and unless God is at work, our actions finally won't amount to much. It won't, they won't bring real change. So I think of one of my favorite Psalms of Lament is Psalm 72, where the psalmist says, hey, God, do you know what's going on here? And he says, take your hand from the fold of your robes. Mm-hmm. Or if we would put it in today's terms, God, take your hands out of your pockets yeah. and, and do something about this. Yep. But there's another psalm that expresses, I think, the sort of conflicting feelings or emotions that come over us in a time of crisis or a time of disruption such as we've been having. And that's Psalm 55. And it goes like this. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me. Answer me. My thoughts trouble me, and I'm distraught. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. I said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I'd fly away and be at rest. I'd flee away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to my place of shelter far from the tempest and storm. And so there, Dave, uh, in Psalm 55, echoes of what a lot of people have been feeling, uh, trapped by this virus, trapped in racist systems of oppression and of fear, you know, just these earnest pleas. I think a lot of us have uh, had some occasion or another to pray a little like this or been, we've wanted to. Again, sometimes yeah. we shy away, but right. hear me, oh God, is, you know, please listen to my plea. Or I wish I had the wings of a dove. I'd fly away. I, I would love to just escape. Yep. You know, there's a, a thing going on right now, as I've read of people trying to acquire RVs somehow or or rent them or buy them so they can just get out of here. They want to bug out. They want to get away. And that's an ancient feeling. That's age old. The the psalmist uh, felt the same thing. Or you wish you could just go to sleep and wake up and find out it was all just a bad Bad dream. dream. Uh, So the question is, though, what can we do with these feelings and fears that we have? And uh, there's some wonderful things in these psalms that suggest a way we can go and specifically the end of psalm 55 we skip quite it's a fairly long psalm so we've skipped uh, a lot of stuff in the middle but here's the way it closes cast your cares on the lord and he will sustain you he will never let the righteous be shaken 
But as for me, I trust in you. And there you have it, Dave. I mean, you said just a minute ago, we have these feelings. Sometimes we want to deny it because we think we're not supposed to be upset with God or angry with God or that it's not our place to tell God what to do, for goodness sakes, right? So we could deny and suppress our feelings, um, or we could be so overwhelmed by our anxieties that they define us. And, and we become very timid people. Uh, we become fearful people, which might mean we become reactionary people or we're, yeah. we're not very pleasant to be around. Or we can do what David did and what the psalmists did, cast those cares on the Lord. Now, so it's a fairly famous verse, cast your cares on the Lord. It sounds nice, but that means you have to admit you have the cares in the first place. You have to name them honestly and then in prayer turn them over to God, which is what the Lament Psalms do. You know, here's the thing about faith. Uh, It's sort of like a pilot's parachute, you know? (laughs) The pilot straps the parachute on and gets in the plane, but hopes he doesn't have to use it or rely on it. And our faith can be that way too. The, The only time we really know that it's real is when we have to rely on it because most of the time, let's be honest, we get by with our income, our home, our family, our friends, our jobs, you name it. We don't have too many pressing personal needs day in and day out for most of us. But then something happens and many of those things are taken away or they suddenly become uncertain. And the question is, what do we have left? Do we have that faith, that trust that's willing to say, okay, Lord, I put my trust in you. I'll cast my cares on you, knowing that you will not let me down. I'll share my experience a little bit, and I'm sure it probably resonates with you and probably with a lot of our listeners, too. One of the things uh, that was taken away from many of us, at least for now, starting in March and February and April of 2020, was the ability to predict the future or to plan, right? I mean, I spent parts of every day for about two weeks removing things from my Google calendar until my entire calendar was blank. I had had an extremely busy start to the spring semester. My January and February were clogged uh, with with meetings and, and classes I was teaching. And then all of a sudden they were all gone. And you realized, I can't plan anything. I can't even plan anything for July. I was thinking this in March, you know. Are we sure that a year from now we we could hold the conference we just had to cancel? And for some of us, that's a little crazy making because all of our usual certainties are gone. Yeah. And we can't plan. And so what do you do then? Well, you could curdle into depression, I guess, and curl up into a little ball uh, or – You could say to God, Lord, the things that made me confident before shouldn't have made me confident. My confidence should have been in you all along, not in my Google calendar. So I cast that upon you. Help us, sustain us through this uncertainty. Suddenly we're not in control. Exactly. Isn't that it? We never were, but we thought we were. We thought we were. We could manage our lives and we could take care of our own needs when we're reminded that that's simply not true, and it never was true, it was all kind of an illusion, because many people learn that individually. Something terrible happens, or some life-changing event suddenly happens, and they're reminded, yeah, no, I'm not in control. I, I need to rely on the Lord. I need to cast my cares on Him. But in this case, what was unusual is that it happened to all of us at the same time. And so... 
we face squarely the question, is my faith actual? Is it real? Uh, do I really believe what I've said I believed? And here's a neat thing. You said, Scott, that verse is familiar, and it is, cast your cares upon the Lord. One of the reasons it's familiar is because it's repeated by Peter right. in his first letter. And he alters the conclusion. The psalmist says he kind of follows that up with a promise. God will not fail you. Peter follows it up with a reason. Cast your cares on the Lord, for he cares for you. It's a reminder that God really does love us. He really does care for us. In our next episode in this series, we're going to talk about providence and how close God is to us, even during a time of pandemic and unrest and so forth. But that that is the foundation on which the Psalms of Lament are built, the foundational belief that God loves us. And he can take it when we yell at him. He can take it when we lament because he loves us. And he's going to come through, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. He will come through. And so even these Psalms of Lament, even with one exception, they turn the corner to light. And we'll think about that in a moment. We're glad you've joined our Groundwork Conversation. If you're enjoying today's discussion and want to download or listen again, you can find the audio podcast and transcript for this episode on our website, groundworkonline.com. Want to dig deeper? You can also find episode guides and blogs available to supplement your study. Curious about another episode or series we've mentioned? Search our episode library to find hundreds of conversations about God's Word and what it means for God's people today. Add your voice to our Groundwork conversation by visiting groundworkonline.com. And thank you. Support from listeners like you makes Groundwork possible. I'm Dave Bast with Scott Jose, and you're listening to Groundwork. And today we're talking about the idea of lament. We're into a new series that's addressing really the events of our time, of our year, this year, 2020. We're going to try to take a biblical perspective on how to respond, on what's been happening. And uh, we've begun, Scott, with the idea of personal response. What, what should we be doing and feeling as uh, followers of Jesus? And the first thing we learn, especially from the Psalms, is we lament. We acknowledge the disruption, the things that have been happening that are just plain wrong and bad. And we, uh, we're honest about our feelings, our feelings with God. We ask him to do something about it, and we cast our cares upon him. Exactly. And we just said a minute ago, Dave, at the end of the previous segment of this program, that uh, the Psalms of Lament are built on the foundational idea that God loves us, and he can take it when we complain or when we lament. And that means also, though, that there's this belief. So that's the irony. Uh, Some of the Psalms of Lament say, God, you are absent. You are gone. You are missing. And yet they're saying that to God. (laughs) So they lament God's absence to God's face, right? Uh, That's a very, very typical posture of prayer for Jewish people and and for the Israelites of old. That also means that the uh, Psalms of Lament turn the corner at some point. We read Psalm 13, the first part of it in the first segment of this program. It's a pretty dire psalm lament. How long, O Lord, how long will you ignore me forever? How long, how long, how long? But this is how Psalm 13 ends. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. Which is amazing because there's no indication that uh, the psalmist's basic problem has been solved. Uh, He's saying this kind of confidence and trust, this expression of love in return 
for God's unfailing love, his chesed. We like to use that word on groundwork. It's one of the wonderful, almost untranslatable Hebrew terms from the Old Testament. Covenant love, constant love, unfailing love, uh, loving kindness in the old version. And the psalmist sort of has his confidence in this restored, even though uh, there's no reason to believe that God has delivered him yet. He's still in the soup. But he trusts, uh, he said, God has been good to me. And we get that sometimes in the Psalms of Lament too. So sometimes Psalms of Lament say, but God has made promises. He doesn't seem to have been doing much about them lately, but I'm going to trust he's going to come through. Some Psalms of Lament do seem to have been written after the fact. But then, O oh Lord, you came through. So then they're written kind of in retrospect, and we get the end of the story. And then, right, there's like Psalm 13 here where it's basically saying, look, he, he's been good to me before. Yeah. So I'm going to assume he's going to be good to me again, even though he hasn't felt very good lately. But I'm going to trust that that's so. And I think that also is is such a, a key piece of faith, a key posture uh, of, of faith. You know, uh, we've talked about these questions that the Psalms raise, and that, of course, makes you think in biblical terms of the character of Job and the book of Job, a book that we've explored pretty thoroughly on mm-hmm. Groundwork. We've had a whole series on it, and Job is the ultimate questioner, God, where are you? God, why? The, the curious thing about Job's experience and the message of the book of Job is many of these questions we have for God don't have answers. We're never going to know. At least in this life, we're never going to know. But by the end of Job, it's as though he doesn't really feel the need for answers anymore. Which is a good thing because Job doesn't get any. Uh, Job, uh, the first 41 chapters of Job are clotted with questions. And then the last few chapters, God takes Job on a cosmic tour, kind of takes him to the zoo um, and shows all the splendors of creation. And at the end, Job says, well, I realize now I didn't even know how to answer the right question, so forget it. Never mind. I trust you, O Lord. So we may or may not ever understand. A lot of people will ask, why has this happened? Why was there this pandemic? Why is there such violence in our society, such racism uh, enmeshed in our systems? Why, why, why? In this life, as you said, Dave, we may never know why this happened. There may be some good that'll come out of it, that some bits and pieces, some glimmers of things. Ten years from now, we may look back and say, that was terrible. The loss of life was terrible, but some good came of it. So we might in a limited way see that, or we might not. But that's where faith comes in to say, you know, I'm, I'm still going to believe that God's got this thing. And again, we'll talk about that in the next program on Providence. But I got to believe God's got this thing. This has derailed a lot of what we wanted to do. It's not derailing God's ultimate purpose. Maybe for the last word, we could turn to the New Testament, uh, to the Apostle Paul in Romans 14, where he's, he's talking about some issues in the life of the church and uh, Those are relevant to us, but maybe that's another program. But in the middle of that, he breaks out with this wonderful statement, uh, if we live, we live to the Lord, or we live for the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord or for the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Uh, As if to say, you know, we don't know how this is going to turn out. We don't even know whether we'll be healthy next week or whether we'll fall sick. And if we do, whether we'll live or whether we'll die. But that's always true. Our lives in this world are precarious and we need to depend on God. We need to cast our cares on him. We need to put our trust in him. 
and recognize that in life and in death, whichever, we belong to the Lord. And that's really all that we need. Thanks be to God. Well, thanks for listening and digging deeply into Scripture with Groundwork. We're your hosts, Scott Jose and Dave Bast. We hope you'll join us again next time as we dig into Scripture to better understand how God shows up and provides for us so that we can respond to hard questions like how long and where is God and why is God allowing this COVID-19 situation? We encourage you to connect with us at our website, groundworkonline.com. There you can share what Groundwork means to you and make suggestions for future Groundwork programs. Groundwork is a listener-supported program produced by Reframe Media, a family of programs designed to help you see your whole life reframed by God's gospel story. Visit reframemedia.com for more information. Our recording engineer is Dodd Morris and our post-production supervisor is John Reeder. Our content and managing producer is Courtney Jacobs.